Well, we're in Matthew chapter 7, so uh, if you have a a Bible, perhaps you could turn to that. And uh, we're looking in particular at verses 13 and 14. Uh, Under the the broad title, Choices, Choices, Matthew 7 verse 13 says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Now, Matthew 7 is part of the Sermon on the Mount, and we're coming to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. It started in chapter 5 with the uh, Beatitudes. And as Jesus comes to the uh, end of his sermon, he's kind of concluding with a a number of applications, with a number of challenges. He's basically saying, you know, what will you do with this teaching that I have been giving to you? What choices will you make? You know, there are choices to be made. What choices will you make? And that's what sermons are supposed uh, to do. They're supposed to challenge our thinking. They're supposed to ask questions of us and demand decisions. And and both the preacher and the listener to have that in mind. The preacher is there to, to persuade and to exhort and to challenge and to plead. He doesn't want people to remain neutral to sit on the on on the fence likewise as 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 listeners we're to be active in our listening not passive Uh, and we're not to listen as those who perhaps sit in judgment over what is being said or the person who is who is preaching but rather we're to come to that word humbly and we're we're to to look for the lord to speak to us and ask questions of us Questions like, what are you going to do with what you have heard? What actions will you take? What old pattern of thinking has been shown to be wrong and needs to be set aside and replaced by a biblical way of thinking? What sin has been pointed out that needs to be dealt with? What example has been displayed that needs to be followed? And this is what Jesus is doing throughout this sermon. He sets out in a powerful way what it looks like to be a Christian. And he often does this by setting out choices or making contrasts for us to see the right and the wrong. We find it throughout the sermon, but just, just if, we, if we focus briefly on a few of the verses towards the end of, of chapter 6. You'll remember he speaks about treasures on earth and treasures in heaven, and there's a choice there. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. There's a choice to be made. He says you cannot serve two masters. There's a choice to be made. You either serve God or you serve mammon. You serve money. And there are two types of religion. And Jesus spoke of a religion of the heart and a religion of the externals. Of course, the Pharisees were experts uh, on the religion of the externals. And he says, there's a, there's a choice. What sort of religion do you want? Do you want a religion that people, where people can see what you're doing? Or do you want a religion where, just, where God sees 
what you're doing, for God looks on the heart. And the overall direction of your your life, is is it a, a, a life where you're seeking first God's kingdom, or are you just like everybody else, chasing after one thing or another, chasing after what the world chases after? And Jesus says, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. So there are choices throughout the sermon. And then when we come to the, to, to the end, and that includes the verses that we are looking at, there are more choices given. We have two ways, the broad and the narrow, and we'll pick up on that in a moment. We have two teachers, the false and the true. And we have two foundations, the foundation of the rock, the foundation of the, the sand that uh, we spoke briefly of uh, to the children earlier. Choices. So let's take, let's look at our text. What t- choices do we have in our text? <clears throat> Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. The first choice is this, that there are two gates. There are two entrances, a small or large one, a narrow or or wide one, if you like, depending on which version of the Bible you might be using. And if you want to travel on the broad road, then no worries, the entrance to the broad road is, is wide. You can take everything with you. There are no restrictions, there's no passport control. Take what you like. This is the picture that the Lord Jesus is is painting. There is a wide gate, but there's also a small gate. It's narrow and it's confining. Uh, perhaps a, a good way of thinking about it would be, I mean, if you're a walker, you go through these kind of kissing gates, don't you? And they're quite tricky to, to, you know, to, to get through. Indeed, if you've got a big rucksack on, you might find you get stuck halfway through. Uh, or maybe a turnstile, you know, to get entry to a football match or a rugby match or something like that, you may have to go through a, a turnstile. So Jesus is painting this picture of, of, a, of, a, of, of a narrow gate and there are restrictions uh, in, involved. You can't take everything with you. Your sin, your pride, your self-righteousness, that can't come because this is a narrow gate. You have to leave that behind. Your old priorities, your old Opinions, well, they're, they're fine if you want to go through the wide gate. But no, if you go through the narrow gate, you leave them behind as well. Well, what's Jesus talking about? What's this gate all about? Well, surely what he's, what he's speaking of is, is conversion. He's speaking of the place of entry into the Christian life. If we went over to... Uh, John's Gospel in John chapter 10 and verse 9, Jesus actually describes himself as the gate. I am the gate, he says. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The gate is also narrow in the sense that it is exclusive. And Jesus makes it you know, this is perfectly clear, doesn't he? It's only through Jesus that you can come. So you're not to get in your, in, in your head a kind of picture of, of many, many gates. I mean, if you go to the Millennium Stadium, uh, you know, walk down Westgate Street and you, you look up at the Millennium Stadium and <clears throat> there, there's a whole row of 
of turnstiles, aren't there? I don't know how many there are. I haven't counted them. 20, 30 maybe. And you take, in a sense, you can take, you can take a pick. You can go through anyone that you like. There are many gates. But that's not the picture that we're, we're speaking of here. There's only one gate. And the Lord Jesus Christ is that gate. When Peter preaches in, in, in Acts 4, he, he makes the point there that he says there's salvation in no one else other than the Lord Jesus. And you'll know the verses, or many will know the verses in John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It's a narrow gate. It's an exclusive gate. does beg a question, of course, doesn't it? Have you gone through that narrow gate? It's a gate... For the penitent, it's a gate for the empty-handed. It's a gate for mm-hmm. someone who realises they've nothing to, 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 to bring to God, nothing to commend themselves. They simply say, as one person did in, in the Scriptures, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, have you come to that place? Have you ever come to that place and decided by God's grace to turn from your sin and follow Christ? That's what it is, that's what it means to go through the narrow gate. Well, that's one choice, narrow gate, wide gate. There's a second choice, there's a choice of roads. There are two ways, two roads. One way is broad. It's spacious, it's easy. It's the road of, of tolerance and, and permissiveness. On this road, you can think what you like, you can behave as you like, you can follow what makes you feel good because you deserve it. That's the way people think, is it not? You're the captain of your life. You can do things your way, just so long as you don't mess other people up uh, along uh, the way or to maybe tell them that what they're doing is, is wrong. There's no place for that on the broad road. There's no absolute right or wrong. There's just shades of opinion, so don't... Go telling others that they're mistaken, that uh, the way they're going about things is, 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 is wrong. Don't tell them about a God who's made some silly rules that they're supposed to, to follow. Avoid that and you'll get along fine. And uh, that's kind of where we are, aren't we? That's, that's, that's the way that people in our day and, and age and our society think. Uh, what's the emphasis? Broad-minded, tolerant, permissive. Free, free, free thinking. At least they think that they're free. The Bible actually speaks of them as being enslaved. I was much struck by uh, a verse in Revelation, one of the letters to the churches, the letter to the church in Laodicea, and uh, Christ is speaking to those who think they have everything. And, And he says this, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realising that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. It's it's a sad thing, isn't it, that that people see themselves as needing nothing, and Christ looks on and sees them as wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. People think they're free, but they're not. They're enslaved to their own sin and desires. 
Well, the other way is, is narrow. It's hard. On this road, I, I can't think and do what I like. My thinking is now captive to the word of God. God has revealed truth to me. And that truth governs me. It governs me in my life at home with my family. It governs me in my church life. It governs me in my workplace. My feelings, well, they're made subject to what God has revealed. They're not the ultimate arbiter of what I do and what I believe. And I'm happy, I'm happy with that. I'm happy to submit myself to what, to what God says because I know that he knows best. He's made me. He knows how I am to function best. And if I depart from his blueprint, as it, as it were, I will be the loser. But then I also find that what might at first glance, it might seem confining or, or, or burdensome, it isn't at all. A few chapters later in Matthew 11, uh, the picture painted is, is, is a beautiful one of a gentle and lowly saviour whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light. So we have a choice of gates, we have a choice of roads, then we have a choice of company. There are two crowds. Did you spot that? Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. A choice of company, two crowds, a big crowd and a small crowd. On the wide road, there are many. On the narrow road, there are few. So again, what's the picture? The picture here is, is a wide road, bustling with seemingly content people, oblivious to the fact that they're heading towards destruction. That's, that's their end. And at the same time, there's just a few on the narrow road. That might seem tough, but that's, in a sense that's the way it is, isn't it? As a general rule, as Christians, we're in a minority. You know, how many of us are here, either in body or on the, on the TV? Maybe, I don't know, maybe a hundred or so. And in a few other churches in the locality, maybe there's, maybe there's another hundred. So possibly a couple of hundred people who you might say are looking to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and go on the narrow way. How many are not? Well, there's about 10,000 people out there in, 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 in St. Melons. So 10,000 on the, on the wide road and a couple of hundred on the narrow road. That's kind of the way it is. So there's a choice of company, and then there's a choice of destinations. Two destinations. One road leads to destruction, and the other road leads to life. It's the broad road, walked by many people, that's heading to destruction. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? That disaster awaits one group of people, but life awaits the other Well, that's, the, that's what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to the people as he rounds off the Sermon on the Mount. And whenever we approach the Scriptures, we, we need to apply them, don't we? And, and ask that question, well, so what? What do we learn from these two short verses? Well, just a few things I want to bring to you. The first is this. We don't find life by going 
with the flow. We don't find life by going with the flow or listening to the majority. That's not the way it works in God's kingdom. If that's what you want, you'll never be saved because the Christian life is not easy and it's not popular. There's a sense in which, as a believer, that you're swimming against the tide. You're running into a a headwind. I don't know whether any of you are sailors. I, I'm, not a, I'm not a sailor, but uh, when we, we go down the caravan and we watch, uh, we watch windsurfers possibly, and um, you might see them start at one end of the, the, the beach with the wind behind, and, they, and, they, and then, and then they, sh- they, they, they shoot off at 100 mile an hour seemingly. But, but you know there comes a point in time where they've got to turn around, and then they've got a headwind, uh, and then the problems start. But of course, they're, if, they're, if, they're, if they're good, they kind of know how to tack back, don't they? And they, 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 they cope with that. Or maybe you've canoed on a, on a river. And uh, isn't, isn't it easy when you get in a canoe and, and you go down river? You're going with the flow, and it's great stuff. You're zooming along, but you've got to get back to, 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 to the start at some point in time. You've got to swim upstream, and that is tough. Uh, well, that's the picture that's been painted here. Um, it's, you know, when, when, we, when, we, when, we, when we think of this illustration, we, we might think that there's, well, there's two roads. Here's the wide one heading in that direction. And then alongside that, there's the narrow one. And, and they're going kind of alongside each other. Uh, but one famous preacher said, well, it's not really, don't, don't think of it like that. There's the, there's the wide road going in that direction. Think about the narrow road as, 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 as kind of coming back up through the middle of the, of, of, of the, of the, of the wide way. Um, so you've got throngs of people heading in, in one direction, but you're on the narrow road and you're heading in the other direction. And as you're heading in the other direction, you're getting bumped and jostled and so on by the thousands who are, who are heading in an opposite direction uh, to you. Um, well, whether or not that's a, a, a right way of looking at it, uh, from, from, you know, whether that's what Jesus had in mind when he spoke, I, I, I don't know, but that's, that's consistent, isn't it, with the principle that Jesus is speaking. We, we're called to go against the tide, against the flow. And it's a struggle, isn't it? No one likes being the odd one out. Now, young, young, you know, young people, do you struggle with this? Um, you, maybe you've made a profession of, 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 of faith and, and, and you're upfront about it and you tell others uh, about your, your faith. Is it tough? I expect it is. Uh, it's not easy standing up and being counted. Or older folk in, in work, maybe, do you feel pressures there? Uh, maybe you work in the public sector and uh, you have to be careful what you say. There's a lot of political correctness and some of the things that Christians believe, well, they're not flavour of the month, are they? And you're, it's, it's as if you're kind of being squeezed into this particular mould. You're under pressure. It's not easy. You know, do you sometimes think, well, you know, we're not far off a situation uh, where our thoughts are being policed and our, and our family life invaded by a, a state that thinks it knows best and wants to take to itself responsibilities that God has given to parents. It's not easy going against the flow. And we see it more and more. Um, I mean, at the present time, there's a court case going on uh, because a, a, a church uh, was, was not allowed to rent some, 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 some premises or book rooms in, 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 in hotels to have 
meetings. And this is, you know, this is actually happening. So it's a bit like us. You know, we, we arrange, say, a, a, a ladies' or a men's Christmas dinner at a, at a, a local pub or restaurant or, or, or something. <clears throat> then Andy gets a letter uh, from the owners sort of saying, um, you know, apropos your, uh, your, your, your booking of the upstairs room on such and such a, a day, sorry to, to tell you that we, we've had to cancel your booking because we've had a little look at... Um, you know, what you believe as a, as a, as a church, and we, we see you uphold a biblical view of, uh, of marriage to the exclusion of, of uh, other views, and um, that doesn't sit well uh, with us. Um, we, we can't support that, so I'm terribly sorry, but um, we, we're cancelling your booking. You can't come. And, you know, that's, that's happening. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully this court case will, will go well for the... For, for, for the church, but that's the environment in which uh, we, we are living in. There are individuals losing their jobs because they may, may have posted some comment about supporting a, a, a Christian view of, of, of marriage or a biblical view on gender issues or something like that. There's a, yeah, there's a, a lot going on that's a, that's, that's a concern, but it's... Um, it, it's it, it's merely working out what we see in these verses. Are these things unfair for the Christian? Yes, they certainly are. Are these things unreasonable? Well, well yes, they're, 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 they're terrible. Are they unexpected? Well, no, they're not. They're not unexpected. Jesus has warned us that this sort of thing will happen. Chapter 5, verse 11. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Um, we're not happy that these things are happening. We would do all in our powers to stop them from happening. But at the end of the day, we have been warned that it's tough being a Christian and standing for the Lord Jesus Christ. The second lesson is this, that Jesus calls for a decision. A choice has to be made. There's an imperative here in the text. Enter by the narrow gate, the Lord Jesus says. Enter by the narrow gate. That's a, that's, that's a command. We've got to do something about it. I don't know what you're like as a listener uh, to sermons. Um, it's, it's a terrible temptation, isn't it, to regard sermons as things to be admired or criticised or discussed and dissected and debated. Um, oh, yes, I, uh, yeah, I, I like so-and-so. He's so clear. I like his points. He's, a, he's, he's an organised preacher. One, two, three, and I can remember what he says. And those alliterative headings, he's, he always preaches with three points, and it's amazing. They always begin with the same, you know, the, the same, oh, I do like that. And then, then others, they don't like organised preaching at all. They want, you know, they want some passion. Um, different things appeal to different people, don't they? But we, we, it, it is easy to get into the mindset of, of approaching a sermon in the same way as we would you know, go to an art gallery or, a, or, or, or see a film or a concert and, we, and we're sitting in judgment. You know, is this a good performance or a bad one? What do I like about it? What don't I like about it? When we come to the word of God, we need to come with, a, with a, a different attitude. We need to come with that attitude of being spoken to by, by, by God and making decisions that God is calling us to make. 
Um, just continuing with that you know, line of, 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 of thought, you come, to, the, you come to, to church, you may come very regularly uh, to church, and, and you listen to the sermon, and you find them interesting, that, yes, the preacher, he's, he's compelling, I can, I can listen, I can, yeah, I can listen to Andy, he gets my, my, my attention, that's, uh, that's great. So you find the sermons interesting, and, and, the, you know, and the hymns, I, I can't sing at the moment, I know, but you come, hey, sing well too, and those, I, I do like singing those hymns, and some of those new ones, yes, they're great as, as, as well, and then afterwards I can have a cuppa with, with folks outside, and they're a nice bunch of, of, of people, they take an interest in, in me, um, and, and, and I like back, I, I, I like it, and I'll come back for, for more, and, 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 and I do, and the weeks go by, and the months go by, and the years go by, and, and then I find myself, I, 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 I come, and I'm, I'm copying, I'm copying what all these Christians do, you know, I can sing, and I can listen, and I can be nice to people out the, the back, and, 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 and so on, and I start to persuade myself, well, I, I'm, I'm doing what they, what, what they do. I, I, I must be a Christian. But you've never come in at the narrow gate. You've never made that, that, that decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You're just doing some externals, singing hymns. Maybe you're reading your Bible. Maybe you're praying as, as, as well. Joshua had a a similar challenge to make uh, to people. Joshua chapter 24, he says this, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua's calling the people to decision, isn't he? Don't sit on, on, on the fence. It's one thing or another. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What will, what will you do? So what will you do with with these, these words, these choices, these gates, these ways, this destination, this, these crowds, what will you do? I just want to give you some encouragements as, as well. When we go through a, a, a passage like that, um, it's perhaps easy to convey the idea that, uh, well, this Christian life, it's, it's a matter, it's gritted teeth, it's chin out, it's, 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 it's battling on. Now, there is, an, there is clearly an element of that in, in, the, in the Christian life, no, no question about it. But the Christian is on a road that leads to life. The end is, is glorious, and we're not alone on the road. Uh, there are other pilgrims, there are other Christians on, on the road with us who are an encouragement to us. Uh, but more than that, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the road. He has made that great promise, hasn't he? Um, I am with you to the end of the age. And it's not only a question that at some point in the future we will have that life. There's, there's, that, that is our destination, life, eternal life, glory, heaven. 
but it's our present possession as, as well because the Lord Jesus says, well, what's eternal life? Well, this is eternal life, that you know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. That as a Christian, you come into a relationship with, with, with God. You know the joy of being adopted into his family, being the object of his care and his love. And you have a new family. You have a, a family of believers who love the Lord or who are headed in the same direction. That's a great encouragement. Well, let's conclude. Have you entered by the narrow gate or are you happily walking the broad road? If you're on that broad road, you really need to wake up and get off it. Are you battling with the cost of being a Christian, maybe? Well, get some perspective. Do you want to follow a road that leads to destruction? Are you being duped into thinking you know, by those on, on the broad road that, that, that it's a great life, that uh, there's freedom on the, on, on the broad road, but slavery on the narrow road? It's not a bit, it's the, it's the other way around. True freedom lies in willing service of the king. So what does the Lord Jesus say? Enter by the narrow gate.